eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Check, check. We'll try this again. Hopefully you guys can all hear us. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, here live at State Farm Center where Illinois wins a basketball game. By 21 points, 68-47 over Alabama A&M. Not a great game for Illinois, though. Uh, but it was a great performance by Matthew Meyer. Scores 15 of his 21 points in the second half. Really gave Illinois a spurt. They were only up one against one of the worst teams in Division One in Alabama A&M. And they find a way to win. And we go into the press game, a post-game press conference. For a second straight week, Derek, where the post-game press conference seems to be a bigger deal uh, than the actual game. Uh, Illinois looked lethargic at times. It looked like they lacked leadership at times. Didn't feel like that. Brad Underwood railing into his team really worked all that well. Uh, and they looked unconfident at, at times and felt like this could be a team at the crossroads, but that Matthew Meyer was able to will them out of it. Uh, but you kind of ride a roller coaster with Matthew Meyer. Sometimes it can be really fun and thrilling, uh, like it was at Tex- against Texas, like it was today. But then there's some some ebbs and flows of all of that. And, and we saw it in the post-game press conference where I think we were going to write positive stories about Matthew Meyer kind of breaking through. Uh, and he kind of hinted at some internal struggles uh, with Illinois. And we'll talk about some of the specific things he said, uh, but basically said that the him and Underwood are a little bit at odds and and that this team uh, has some things that they need to work on. Here's one of his quotes. Um, I have my own opinions about this that I would not be saying up here on the podium. I think we got a lot to figure out internally between the players and coaches. I think it's going to be something we have to figure out in practice. He said he was really upset in the huddle uh, to be, they were never really down in the second half, but to be so close in that game with about 11 minutes left, he said he railed into the team uh, during a huddle, which I think is a great thing to see out of Matthew Meyer. He said, it wasn't funny to me at all, and people were laughing. I came in, I was pretty upset and let everyone know. I just tried to play as hard as I could, and that was about it. And then he talked about him and Underwood kind of having differences of opinions. He did not like that Underwood pushed them really hard in practice this week because um, Underwood's 
focused on the future, right? He's figured about the long term. So this wasn't about Alabama A&M. While Matt was more concerned about getting his body right, he's talked a lot about getting his body ready physically um, and getting his body right for this specific game. I think I covered this fairly. I you- <laughs> Derek, I, I want to set it up for everybody. Uh, we listened back to the press conference. I wanted to quote him rightly, but it was just odd. It was an odd thing to hear after such a great performance by him, though this does feel like a team at the crossroads, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But what did you make of all that from Matthew Meyer, which was a, a roller coaster day for him? It's a weird vibe around this team right now. And you kind of understand when you're putting some new pieces together, you're taking different guys from different programs, and, and guys are adjusting to new roles and everything. And there's just wild swings for a, a very talented basketball team, a team that can look like one of the best in the country and a team that can score two, point, two points for 10-minute stretch there in the second half against Alabama A&M. So um, I think for Matthew Meyer, it's just him and Underwood are, are different personalities, different styles. My, Matt is very chill and, and, and go with the flow and, and just kind of a – Kind of a guy that's not as intense as Brad and, and not someone that even have, have talked a whole lot about being a, a big-time leader on this team. They kind of just let Matt do his thing. And, and on, on the other side, Brad, obviously very intense and demanding and get after you for sure after the, the last game against Penn State. So uh, I think it was very telling about some of what's going behind the scenes. Now, Matt said he doesn't want to dive all the way into it. I asked Terrence about it as a follow-up. He said, we'll let you guys know what's really going on once we figure it out. But Yeah, uh, Terrence kind of felt like he was caught off guard because at some point <laughs> Joey followed up with – uh, is this team at a crossroads? He said, well, I don't want this press conference to be a downer. And even Matt said, yeah, I think I'm bringing down the yeah. energy. But Matt is clearly upset about something. Right. I think that Coleman yesterday had some really interesting comments, too, about he was frustrated with trying to figure out this leadership part where Brad's calling him out and Terrence out for leadership. And, and Coleman mentioned, you know, I've tried to get on guys and then I've been reeled back. I've been told that I, I shouldn't go mm-hmm. at them so hard. He said, I think we've been soft. I think we've been timid in terms of our approach with how we handle accountability. And he said, I think we've been too easy on the new guys. So all that, I understand they're, they're trying to figure this thing out and there is going to be some some inner conflict. That, that's not even necessarily to, to put it in a bad light. You're just trying to yeah to be able to work through some struggles and, and, and figure this whole part of it in, in terms of roles and leadership and, and, and that part uh, that's going on here. So uh, we were going to get to that. I think that while we could have spent the first five minutes with Matt talking about, you know, you go seven for eight in the second half and, and you really sparked this team and they needed it and everything, the way that they looked for the majority of this game, yes. coming off of the way that Brad challenged them and, and – how he talked about leadership and how he talked about culture, it was disappointing. It was disappointing to see them be rather lifeless for the most part. As the turnovers and missed shots compounded offensively in the second half, they looked – the body language was terrible. Coleman with his turnovers was just down on himself. There was one – a pass that skipped off Dane's hands, and Dane just kind of just looked at the sideline and and, and jogged back. This team looked completely dejected. So I I think that we were going to get to that point but, yeah, Matt just served it up for us. And not that yeah. we're hunting it by no. any means, and we're not. I know that the players are, are, are having their, their way uh, uh, on Twitter trying yeah, to look, defend it. Yeah, Coleman said there, there's not there's not any internal conflict or anything like that. I mean, he suggested it the other day. Um, you know, seeing Will Goody respond to a tie. Yeah. Listen, you got to put on a public face. I think this team can still – I don't think this team is unraveling, but there certainly is some conflict, and we see it on the court, right? Like – Terrence Shannon might have had a good day in the, in the stat sheet, and I thought he was better defensively, but 
there's still times he needed to be more aggressive. Coleman Hawkins, go look for your shot. He wasn't even looking at the hoop uh, at some point, and we know how good of a player he can be. And then for Matthew Meyer to just come out and say that stuff, uh, I thought was was really, really interesting. So we didn't go hunting for that today. I think we would have asked Underwood at some point, like, hey, I asked him, is this team at a crossroads? Because we see these teams, like, and it's not to be hyperbolic, but we see teams every year face this. I think last year it was in Kansas City, really early in the season that that team was at a crossroads. Two years ago when they were number one seed, uh, after they lost back-to-back Big Ten games, it was kind of like nine and five, mm-hmm. this team. Like every team faces that, so I don't think it's unhealthy. I think maybe you need do need some conflict because the last two games – I think have been unacceptable, even though you win by 21 points today. That's a bad Alabama A&M team. You're up one point with 11 minutes to go against a team that has won one Division One game this year, and we saw how bad their offense is. Uh, you had a one-point lead and made one of 18 shots. Like The offense is a mess. The leadership is questionable right now, right? And then some of this other stuff that we're hearing uh, through us, like, there's some questions about this team, and Brad Underwood's trying to find answers right now. And I think with a guy like Matthew Meyer, it's about and Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon, it's figuring out how to push those buttons because if he can figure that out successfully, this team can be really good. But the last two games have been the worst of the year yet. Right, and you come off of getting blown out at home by Penn State by 15 points, and, and Brad just starts firing away in a press conference and lights into his team, and they, they have a hard practice. You heard the treadmill was out, and... and heavenly operational this week and to Matt's point like I think that they uh he thought that Brad pushed them too hard so obviously it was it was intense and demanding and everything and and Brad even yesterday when we were asking about did you get the response you wanted out of the guys this week and he kind of wouldn't go there he didn't want to say for sure he wanted to see a game first he wanted to say okay let's let's see how they actually get on the court and and do it. We can't just be happy and say, "Oh, we had a couple of good days of practice. Our our mentality was nice uh, in the in the confines of a of a practice internally." You got to go out there and, and show up in a game. And for the most part, what we saw today was was not good basketball. And there's a difference between you know some missed shots and some some spotty execution here and there versus a team that just is is not having the intensity, the cohesion. I think there's more to it than that. And again, like. I'll just throw this out there now. It's something I've been thinking. If we overreacted too much to any anything with Brad Underwood teams in December, then we'd be wrong, proven wrong by February yeah. and March. Because, well, early part of March. Because <laughs> that, that yeah. obviously the, the tournament needs to needs to be there. But like you said, this has happened to Brad Underwood mm-hmm. teams year in and year out. I I said after Penn State, like usually we're having this conversation after Missouri. Like it's yes. it's usually a bragging rights game where Illinois gets out toughed and, and doesn't care about this game as much as Conzo teams did. And then we we have that conversation. Brad goes goes off and it, it simmers over Christmas. And then mm-hmm. there's a change and a pivot. And I think that going into today, while the the result wasn't going to really move the needle a ton against one of the worst teams in Division One, you thought that maybe. The Penn State loss, a week off, come out here, blast Alabama A and M in convincing fashion, and that would be kind of what flipped the switch. And while you won on the, while you won by 21, and on the stat sheet, it looks it looks decent, yeah. but it, it wasn't ultimately what you wanted. And there's just more to there's more to figure out. But it is like Brad calls the transfer portal speed dating. If you're going to speed date and then get married, and then you're going to throw it all together, and you're not going to have, you know the the pillars of the household like Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams and those guys to really, yep. you know, 
figure things out when, when things go sideways or to, to have that top of the food chain, then you're going to just have predictably some, some conflict, some inner yeah. turmoil. And I'm not saying this team's going to be bad. Like you said, like not say you said that, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's understandable, but it is something that while the team maybe doesn't want to flat out say it, they're, they're going through some stuff yes. right now. Yeah. <laughs> like they're going through like, Hey, have you ever been in a marriage? You go through good weeks, you go through bad weeks, right? And, and you got to figure each other out and learn how to live with each other and succeed with each other and support each other and, and all those things. And, and like you said, it's a one-year marriage uh, for a lot of these guys. You know, Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer are only going to be together for one year. Um, so those guys got to figure, figure it all together, figure out how their roles all go together. And we've seen it be really good. Last two games, it, it hasn't been very good. Brad Underwood certainly took a different approach, though, today. I thought he really tried to calm things down. Uh, he praised Matthew Meyer a lot. He admitted, like, hey, we got to learn each other. He's got to adjust to me as well as me adjust to him. And I think Brad's tried to do those things, but he's figuring out how to push buttons. I think he's doing that with Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins in a different role as well. So, But Brad was basically saying, listen, I like that Matthew Meyer. And to be honest with you, if Matthew Meyer gets that upset and then he goes out and plays like that, I like angry Matthew Meyer. <laughs> Angry and hungry Matthew Meyer because he's fasting again still. Yeah, he's, he's hungry out there. And listen, they seem to have some odds about that because does Matthew Meyer have, like, I think they're worried about does he have the energy to get through a game while Matt's just like, I feel good, so I want to play good. Brad said he doesn't get in the way, but it does seem like there's some disagreement there about how they handle all that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to get that kind of performance out of Matthew Meyer, that's what you need because this guy, he is, he is your ceiling. I think Jay Billis said that. Matthew Meyer, when he's good, man, you're seeing him act, active on defense with blocks, with steals, getting in passing lanes. They needed offense, and he injected it immediately, Derek, when he came off the bench. He, he can create his own shot. He can finish at the rim. He can make threes. He made three of their seven threes tonight. The rest of the team goes four of 21. Um, he's a really good player, um, but he's just an, he's an interesting dude. <laughs> he is interesting, an interesting dude, and I think that we still see some – stretches where he takes not today I think second half it was about as good as you could imagine activity defensively sometimes he floats defensively sometimes he gets lost or, or just makes some of those mistakes those mental errors and on offense when he can try to hunt his own shot and isolate and take some some tough ones today I mean they needed aggressiveness they had guys Coleman Hawkins namely they didn't want to shoot the ball yep. and even Ty Rogers Ty is fighting it in terms of his confidence as being a scorer and when Brad's throwing out some some lineups to try to whether it's just push buttons send messages try to find guys that are playing hard enough because that was an issue you had some combinations out there that weren't the best in terms of scoring. You needed someone to step up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna put the ball in the hole." I mean, even Terrence, there were stretches like, "Where, where's you treated it like? When's Terrence going to turn it on?" Yeah. And we didn't necessarily. I mean, we got that ultimately with 18 points, but uh, Matt with drives to the rim, took a baseline jumper. He he got in that in that rhythm, and then you know jumps a passing lane, gets a transition bucket. It was good to see out of Matt, yeah. and yeah, it's it's just something that he's very capable of and. I think him and Coleman both. Like we, we've seen Coleman, when he is confident and effective as a scorer, to go around along with his passing, to go along with his versatility on defense. He's one of those ceiling guys as well. Mm -hmm. But definitely Matt, because we've seen kind of the, the real wide spe spectrum of what you can get yeah. out of Matthew Meyer. I think he's a roller coaster ride, but boy, I think you got to ride it. You got to ride it this year because they need somebody like that that can score consistently. 
Because Jaden Epps, up and down. Sky Clark, a little up and down. You expect that from freshmen. Coleman Hawkins' offense is certainly up and down. He had too many turnovers today. Derek, he just needs to shoot the ball. Um, he's really good. And I'm not saying Coleman Hawkins needs to shoot 12 shots and not pass it to his teammates because he's really good at passing to his teammates. But it feels like at times he, he overcomplicates things a little bit. I think he think overthinks it sometimes. It's like a he's so basketball intelligent. He wants to get everybody involved. He's got to find that balance. I, I still think he's he's finding that balance. But especially against a team like this, I wanted to see I and mean, TJ Shannon should have scored 30 tonight. Like he had 18 on 12 shots. He needed to do it, keep attacking, keep attacking, get to the because they couldn't stop him. Coleman Hawkins could get to the lane, and but he really wouldn't look for his shot. So I think both those guys had to figure out their balance of aggression and being part of the team because Coleman just needs to look at the hoop a little bit more, take those open threes at the top of the key. If you make 33% of a man, like that's fine. Like that, that's huge uh, for this team. And then Shannon just go demand the ball. Like you're the, you're the guy. Go demand the ball, and that's what I love seeing about Matthew Meyer. Sometimes he can go overboard a little bit, but I'd rather have to rein that back. Definitely. And I know Brad mentioned even going into this game that he was trying to get more looks for Terrence within the offense and trying to design some stuff to to have him put in good situations because there's no doubt like what he's shown early on this season that teams are keying off of him for sure they're, they're trying to pack the lane they're trying to understand like okay if we're going to slow down in illinois the first thing we're going to do is try to take terrence shannon's left hand away from his downhill drives and whatnot and the three-pointer hasn't been consistent since especially since he took the shot yeah. to the eye against maryland so uh, he has to but at the same time we, we've seen when really good players are you know like Io or, or Trent when you when they know or even Kofi there are going to be teams that are going to double down on you that are going to try to to really just take you away and and, and the great ones are able to score anyway mm-hmm. and, and able to get it going anyway when their teams need it so uh, Terrence has to be able to do that for this team and, and with Coleman there's just been a frustrating stretch of he'll have the ball at the top of the key and he's got some space and he doesn't want to shoot he wants to pump fake and I appreciate the unselfishness I appreciate his vision and and how he wants to there are times where the ball doesn't move nearly enough and then the offense you see there's a handful of examples per game where Brad just just yells move the ball Mm -hmm. Coleman will do that but he's passing up some looks now his three ball has not been nearly what it was in the opener he hit five threes and then I think the the thought in my head was like, man, nothing's going to hit five threes a game. But if his three ball is taking this kind of a stride, this is a, a first-round draft pick. Since yeah. then, he shot 25% from three. So he's got to be able to show that he can knock those down. But I think even more when you hear the crowd like, kind of groan is he'll get himself to the lane, and then he doesn't want to put up a, mm-hmm. a eight to ten footer. Or uh, He had the taken transition where he euro-stepped, then caught himself. He's like, no, I actually don't want to shoot it. Yeah. Held it, got called for a travel, and – Again, I think that his, I think his body language today and just kind of the, he couldn't snap out of it fully yeah. uh, as far as the frustrations. And uh, we know he's capable of more. And Brad got on him. I mean, when he was passing up shots, Brad wanted him to shoot the ball. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. 
With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I do want to mention this. The bench was brought some energy. Uh, Ty Rogers had five rebounds in 21 minutes, and Sear Harris, eight rebounds. Those guys are so active. Uh, Brad Underwood loved playing them today because they brought energy. They were not good offensively. 0 for 7. They were part of the big streak. I thought Brad had to get Matthew Meyer in there a little quicker, maybe get Tanner Shannon back in there a little quicker. But I think he was sending a message, but part of that mm-hmm. was they couldn't score with that group on the court. R.J. Melendez was on the court, I believe, at that time. And he suffered a shoulder injury that Brad called just a bruise. Looked like he was just dangling it there for a while. So we'll take his word for it, but it looked – Worse than that because his shot just was was not there. Uh, he w- wasn't very aggressive, but he was pretty good defensively. Then Dane Danger, I want to bring up him. 11 minutes this game, I think you said 12 minutes last game, was a minus two when he was on the court today. Uh, I asked Michael too this during the week, like what is his role going to be? He's been pretty good against these lower-level teams. Uh, we knew at some point, though, the increased length, all those things. What do you what do you see out of Dane Danger right now, Derek, and what do you envision his role to be moving forward? I think there are concerns defensively, just in terms of especially in the Penn State game when you got guys that can stretch the floor and get out on the perimeter, and when it is an up and down game, even that where uh, Illinois has had some transition defense issues, and Dane being able to run the floor and, and close out, and and again be able to cover more space defensively. And I think also he he makes you play drop coverage where where Alabama A&M's guards got going a little bit. They were running off ball screens, and Dane's playing drop, and uh, that, that got them some shots. That got them some shots off the screen. And uh, offensively, I mean, Alabama A&M has some size. They started seven-footer, so there was a little bit more length around the rim. But I, I thought this was a game where he could have got a little bit more going offensively. But, yeah, there, there are going to be times where, I mean, you go into the league and you know the names, Edie, yeah. Trace, uh, you know, guys around the Big Ten that are going to be more of a, of a challenge for him to score against. And uh, I just think that, you know, going into the year, you heard, you know, he's going to have some some really, really good games, but then there's going to be times where his minutes might be limited. Um, but that does put more stress on, on Coleman to play extended minutes. And it, it is about matchup in some sense, but you would hope that he, he gives you a little bit more. I think defensively is still kind of where – there's a little bit of a, yeah. a give and take with him. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, Missouri is next. That's why th- there's some urgency here, I think, to figure this all out. You got a couple days of practice, no finals, right? They're, they're done with finals now. You're going to be practicing for a couple days, getting ready for a Missouri team that is 10 and 1. Now, they haven't had a great schedule, they don't play great defense. They got crushed by Kansas. But they had an impressive win, uh, I think, over UCF today. A buzzer beater, bank in. It was a broken possession. Uh, but they also had a, another win, Derek, a top 100 win. Uh, he's got Ken Palm up right now over Wichita State on the road uh, in overtime. I don't think it's a great Mizzou team, 
but I don't think it's as bad as the one we saw last year. And I don't think this will be easy for Illinois, especially if it plays like today. If it plays like it's played the last two games, Derek, they're going to go and lose uh, a fourth out of five times in, in this series. Last year broke the uh, three-game uh, three losing streak, but if this team plays up to its capability, it could be a really fun pre-Christmas game. It's just which Illinois team are we going to get, especially after these last two games and some of the comments we've heard. If we get the one that we saw against Texas or UCLA, I mean, they'll, they'll roll them. They'll blow them off the floor. We saw that last year. I think that last year there was a huge talent gap between Illinois and Missouri, and I think that there's still that, especially Isaiah Mosley, their top transfer from Missouri State's been out. Uh, and even their two top additions this offseason were Mosley, and then they had a, uh, the top JUCO center in the country, a seven-footer that hasn't played. I don't know. I haven't followed Missouri as closely what the reasoning is, whether it's injury or, or, or anything going on there. But uh, it's a Missouri team that, yeah, like UCF on the road, or I think it might even been a neutral. a neutral site, yeah, yeah uh, down in Florida. It was a, a decent win for them. And, and then uh, it's always a game that Missouri gets up for. I know it's a different coach. I know that it's not Conzo anymore. Conzo figured that out. He was able to push the right buttons, have his team take it personally, but we're not going to see Javon Pickett anymore, <laughs> which is going to seem weird and crazy. Yeah. But um, Illinois should be able to, number one, win that game for sure. And I think as they come off what, again, is going to feel like they didn't play up to their potential, we're not going to forget the, the performances that they had against Texas or when this team is going right, what they can ultimately do. So it's about getting that. It's about being able to to figure some of these things out. Whatever the heck is going on internally, figure that out. Have an inspired performance. Win in front of a big crowd. Sounds like Illinois, at least in terms of their side of the bragging rights, uh, has sold it out. And it's always a fun game. It's always a fun environment. And uh, to win a, a rivalry game and go into Christmas, it's be a nice, nice little addition. I think we thought this team would be really interesting this oh, year, right? And, yeah. and they are certainly – very, very interesting, and uh, we know they can be really good. We've seen that, and we know they can struggle. And right now, it feels like it's got to figure this stuff out. They got a lot of time uh, in between these games here during Christmas break because after bragging rights game, they got seven days off, right? Where they're really going to practice a ton. You'll probably be one of the only few media here because a lot of us will be down in mm -hmm. in Tampa for the for the bowl game. So uh, it's an important time for for this team. I, I think there are some warning signs right now, and. Brad Underwood made that clear last week. He doesn't pull that cord unless he thinks there are issues to address, and then Matthew Meyer brings up some issues today. So uh, I'm interested to see Derek again, how they respond, because they didn't respond today, besides Matthew Meyer in the final 10 minutes, and then mm -hmm. uh, the post-game comments. So it would be very interesting to see how they all respond to this internally. Absolutely, and they've got to be able to find, you know, in addition to the, the emotional stuff and, and – as far as just learning themselves in terms of the relationships and ironing all that out, just play more. Con I know that Chad said it in the chat, like more consistent basketball. The, the wild ups and downs of this team is not one that usually, I know that there's bigger than winning the Big Ten title. The bigger goal is, is a, a deep run in March, but you got to win yes. two, three, four in a row to go where you ultimately want to go. And uh, the Big Ten title is, is usually the team that you can trust night in and night out and Illinois is right now while they've even had wild swings and won big games that's one of the things you wonder about is as how much can you can you trust them and yeah because even mean, in those big wins they got down pretty big uh in some of those and Derek one of my concerns is just can we talk basketball for a second it's consistent offense right like they brought it defensively I thought tonight Alabama and a &M made some shots during that run but it was a 
16-0 run over 10, like basically eight minutes. Like, listen, you need to play better defense during that stretch, but they scored 47 points tonight. Uh, it's a bad offensive team, but like you held them for most of this night, 10 points in the last 11 minutes for Alabama A&M. But that consistent offense, they got they got to find that at some point. Definitely, you got to stop turning the ball over as much as you are. You got to be able to have more of a flow offensively and 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 more of an identity. I think they're still figuring that out. I think they're still figuring out what to run all the time. There's a lot of ISO, and I know that they mentioned even this week putting in some new stuff. I, I know Brad wanted to see them get out and transition more. They didn't do that as much tonight. Uh, Alabama A&M slowed it down a little bit. They, they got in their press so they could keep Illinois from making it up and down game. They want to be able to get back to high number of transition points and opportunities. And I think that could take some of the burden off in the half court, but there's certainly, and, and part of it too is making threes. I mean, you yeah. because that's been something that in this game, you were four for 23 at one point, you, you made some of the late ones. I know Matt was a big part of that, but to be able to have that floor spacing, open up the lane for Terrence um, and, and that, yeah. That will help things out. And, and on that note, Luke Goody, his return. Well, I was going to say, you have injuries playing a role. Like R.J. Yeah. Melendez couldn't shoot tonight. He's one of your best shooters. Uh, and then Luke Goody. Like yeah. Those are two shooters I think you need. And it's, again, why Matthew Meyer is so important right now because he's one of the best shooters. Right, definitely. And and like you said earlier, and I understand why he's doing it. Like Tide and I, I loved his energy. I thought he was aggressive, hitting the glass, but just not – not as much of a scoring threat, and I think he is in his head a little bit. Sincere will play his butt off, will fight defensively, will make momentum-type plays, but finishing at the rim is a big thing for him, and he didn't make his threes tonight. So when you play those guys and you mix that in, you get some some non-shooters, some non-scorers, it, it can get tough offensively. But uh, this team has a, still, I mean, they have a lot of ability, a, a lot that can, can click for them, but they're figuring it out, and they're fighting it a little bit, and... I mean, it's December, so yeah. you understand that to an extent. It's kind of the time of the year they always kind of go through it, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they get out of it, uh, how they respond to all of this. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts. Give us the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Appreciate all your support there. You can subscribe to us as well on YouTube. We've got plenty of content coming to Illini Enquirer because we just talked with Devin Witherspoon and Sydney Brown about their decisions to opt out of the ReliaQuest Bowl if you're upset about that, I don't know what to tell you. These guys have a lot of money to make uh, at the next level, and especially Devin Witherspoon um, doesn't need to be playing in, in this game and, and risking himself to injury. But uh, those guys will not be playing. And, of course, Brett Bielma talking about Aaron Henry being the next defensive coordinator. No official press release, but they announced it tonight, announced that Aaron Henry said something to the crowd today. Uh, so that was really cool to see. we got plenty of content coming up at IlaniInquire.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 